Welcome to the Reset Podcast. This is 30 minutes a week where you get to focus on your personal evolution through a casual, spiritual conversation. I'm your host, Liz Tran. I am an executive coach and a meditation teacher. And together we will work through how to live as your highest and best self with one foot firmly planted in the real world. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm so excited to be talking to you today about disappointment, specifically how to dream again after facing disappointment. Man, disappointment, it's pretty rough. Rejection, pretty rough as well. And lately, I have been feeling that I've been experiencing my own fair share of rejection and disappointment lately. And honestly, maybe even more than my fair share, or at least the share that I'm used to experiencing in life. And I wanted to talk about this topic today because it's hard. Honestly, I am someone who has done a lot of internal work and a lot of work to reinforce my own sense of self-esteem. I have a regular meditation practice. I have a wonderful therapist. I have a commitment to journaling and gratitude. I've done a lot of new age, quote unquote, methodologies like breath work and past life regressions, all these things to help me build an inner sense of resilience and stability. And even with all that work I do, I still feel it. I mean, rejection hurts. Disappointment really, really hurts. And it especially hurts when you've been working really, really hard and you haven't given yourself a break. And so if you're listening to this episode, you probably chose to tune in because you've experienced some sort of disappointment or rejection lately. And the first thing I want to say is that if that is the case, which of course it is because disappointment is a natural occurrence. It's just part of being human. It's what you sign up for when you decide to spin around on this earth. But if you are particularly feeling it right now, then I say to you, congratulations and good job and that you are really doing it because when you set yourself up to fail or be rejected spectacularly, it's only because you put yourself out there in the first place. And so few people actually do that. So if you're here listening because you personally have experienced some disappointment lately, I wanted to first tell you that I'm really proud of you and you should feel really proud of yourself because it's not easy to decide that you're going to try things that are hard. And today we are going to talk about what you need to do to bring yourself out of it when you are feeling totally overwhelmed in the fog of rejection, of disappointment, of that crushing defeat. You know, I know a lot of you guys who are listening to the podcast are looking for jobs. The job search is full of rejections all the time. And I have found as an executive coach that people have really, really, really different levels of self-esteem when they're in the midst of a challenging job search than they do when they are happily employed at a job. So same person, right? Same exact person, same exact sense of self-worth, but the job search can be so hard on one's sense of self-esteem that that person can feel significantly less confident when they're going through a job search. And I know this because I work with a personality test called the Hogan. And when I've administered this test to people who are in the midst of job searching versus later on after they've found a job and they're happy, then their score around what we call 
um, ambition skyrockets a ton. And ambition basically means your sense of self-confidence, your desire for competitiveness, your sort of uh, feeling of being a leader. That all grows significantly when a person is taken out of that super, super stressful job search environment. So you might be looking for a job, so that's full of disappointments. Or you might just be trying new things of any sort. That's what I'm doing right now a lot with Reset is I'm trying new things in the business because Reset has been open for about a year now. And like any new business, then you really have to be agile. You have to try new things. You have to really put new products out there constantly and see what resonates with your customers. You have to find your niche in the market. And I've been doing that with Reset and it hasn't always gone smoothly. I mean, I'm very blessed where we have a thriving business and a lot of things have gone smoothly, but I've definitely seen my share of disappointments over the past year. And this past week, basically something happened where I was rolling something out that I thought would go really smoothly. And in that last, you know, hour of, you know, a month of of working on this, it seemed like everything was basically going to shit. And I was so devastated because I had been working so hard. So anyway, regardless of whether it is work or relationships or, Building a new skill set or building a new capability, disappointment is something that we all live with when we are pushing ourselves to the edge of our abilities. When we are saying to ourselves, I can no longer stick to my lane. I can no longer be penned in, in this small, tiny area where I know that I always do a good job. So what do you do when you face a really big disappointment. For me, it is always kind of depressing and sets me off down a negative emotional spiral. I'll give you a for instance of this past week, I had this small setback because honestly, the project that I was working on wound up actually doing really great. We had a ton of amazing people signed up for the program. But at the moment when I had that setback, it really made me question what I was even doing with my life. It made me feel how hard the past year has been. And for a second, I thought, should I just go get a job? Should I give up on building reset? Should I give up on my dream? Should I go back to something that I'm really good at? I mean, I worked at a venture capital firm, one of the top venture capital firms in the world for almost four years. And I was really, really good at it. It was a really hard job and it felt good to be good at a job that a lot of people wanted to have. And a lot of people, you know, found to be something that was really challenging. And I really missed that. You know, I missed feeling good. I mean, honestly, running my own company has felt like some days, like I'm just horrible at everything. But anyway, I set down this really negative spiral of super catastrophic thinking, of really exaggerated feelings of um, my own inferiority and my own sense of failure. I mean, this was not something huge that happened. And when I stepped back for a moment and thought, you know, what's going on here? Why are my feelings so, so loud? Why are my negative emotions so deep? Why has this setback led me to question everything about what I'm doing in the world. And the answer I got was that I was just really exhausted. And what I needed to do was to rest and to take care of myself. And I was thinking about how 
in marathon running. For those of you guys out there who are listening who have ever run a marathon, marathon is 26 miles and some change. And basically what a lot of people say and a lot of people warn you about when you run a marathon is that you will probably hit what is called the wall. And the wall is a moment during that marathon when you really want to give up and you just feel like you can't go on any longer. And the wall doesn't even actually happen in the last couple of miles, which you think it would because obviously that's the hardest part because you've been running the longest. The wall actually happens at mile 20. So when you still have about six miles left to go. And the reason why it happens is because at that point, you've already been running for about three miles, you're exhausted, and that's generally how long it takes for your body to completely go through and deplete all of its reserves of glucose, right, of stored energy in your system. And that's when the wall hits and you're like, oh my God, I still have another six miles to do when I already feel like I can't take another step at all. And what marathoners do when they hit the wall is they have to rest, right? They have to get more energy into their bodies. So what you can do is you can walk or you can eat a bunch of sugar gummy bears or, you know, those packs that marathoners and runners carry with them, those tiny little gel packs that are basically just filled with sugar because they recognize that at that moment, they are feeling like they can't go on not because they can't go on, but because they really, really are depleted. And it starts this total negative mental spiral. And I realized that that is what I was going through because for me, that disappointment wasn't just about that moment that happened last week. My disappointment was actually about how I have been sprinting so hard with Reset. I mean, I started Reset about a year ago. And even before then, before Reset officially launched, I was getting reset off the ground, basically building out and renovating a physical space, doing the website, the branding, the marketing, getting all the consultants lined up who would help me with different things, figuring out what the business model would be all while I was working a super, super demanding full-time job. And by the time reset actually launched, I was exhausted. I was still working that full-time job, that full-time plus plus job when reset launched. And it wasn't even until a year ago that I stopped doing both, that I stopped working and doing reset at the same time. And I was so tired. And then I basically have just been running, I mean, really sprinting since then, because it's hard being in your first year of running a business. You know, you really want it to be successful. You really want it to work. And you feel like every moment of the day when you're not working, then you're doing a disservice to your business. I mean, that is the wrong way to look at things, but what last week's disappointment made me see was that I was just tired. And so if you're feeling a real sense of total crushing defeat after a disappointment or a rejection, then think about whether or not you're actually just really tired over the long haul, right? That you're looking at the big picture and whether or not you might just be exhausting yourself. And so, you know, with a couple of those examples, if it's your job search, have you been driving so hard? Have you been constantly sending applications out? Has it been a long time that you've been doing it too? Have you been pushing yourself beyond the bounds of what you need to do from a self-care perspective? For dating, has it been a long time since you've gotten a win under your belt or felt like a real sense of spark from someone? 
it's really hard when you're just drained because in dating, what fuels us is that connection, right? That promise or that ability to connect with someone. And when you don't see that for a really, really long time, then it's just so challenging. When it comes to work, are you an extrovert? Maybe you're mixing out on the energy that you would normally get from your coworkers. But regardless, whatever it is, I want you to remember that when you are feeling that sting of rejection and that sting of disappointment, what you need to do is rest. So that's first things first. There's going to be more to this list than just rest. But number one thing, shut your computer off, get off the dating apps, whatever it is, you need to take a concerted break to refuel yourself, whatever that looks like. Just like a marathoner knows that at the wall, they need to take out that pack of sugary running food and down the whole thing, down two or three of them and get their calories back in. You need to get your metaphorical calories back in as well. And so that's what I did. I turned off the computer. I didn't work for 36 hours. And I just thought, what do I need right now? I really have been putting myself last. And in this moment, I really need to baby myself and I need to take care of myself. Okay, so that's one. Rest, 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 rest. And in rest included in that description, I mean, get a full night's rest of sleep, get at least eight hours, eat something really healthy and nourishing that you love. Make sure it's not like too much junk because that will send you down a negative spiral, but something hearty, something supportive, something filling, move your body in a way that you like, take a walk, do some light yoga, whatever it is. Don't push yourself, but do things that really tend to you and feel like you're babying yourself. Think of yourself as just a beautiful tender soul that needs to be cared for and then do whatever that is. Okay. So the second suggestion after rest is to remember that failure is an essential ingredient in a recipe for success, which is probably the cheesiest thing I've ever said, but it's so true. And so what I do is I generally hit Google and I start Googling people who failed, who are now successful. And there are so many things to read on the internet. I look at motivational speakers. I know that I need to get my mind in the right place. And so I look at people who are giving TED Talks. I look, I watch commencement speeches. I watch Jay-Z talking about how he's failed all the time in his life and taking risks and artistry. So basically, I just go to my trusty worldwide web and I look for people who are going to make me feel better about my own sense of disappointment and failure. And it always works. So one person who I really love, I highly suggest is checking out the Instagram profile of this guy named David Goggins, who's like this insanely amazing Navy SEAL, blah, blah, blah. And he gives himself all these pep talks about how he needs to keep going and how, you know, the journey is more important than the finish line and things like that. And I just find him so amazingly inspiring. So check him out. It's just really fun to watch. I watched Oprah's I think it was a commencement speech in 2013 that she did for Harvard University. And during that, she said, there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. So that speech was so beautiful. I'll link out to it. And then I just like read about all these people who have failed. And then I feel so much better about it. And I'll just give you some of my very favorites right now. Okay, so uh, Oprah, who I just mentioned, She was actually fired from her first job as a TV anchor in Baltimore. And if you think about it, Oprah is 
the most talented TV personality in the world. She's so good at interviewing people. She's so good at picking topics that people care about. She's just on the cutting edge. And she, I'm sure, made an excellent news anchor. Who knows why she got fired? But think about it. If she hadn't been fired, maybe she would have just stayed there and been a TV anchor in Baltimore for like the next 10 years or something. Whatever it was, it was life trying to move her in a different direction. So I love that. I mean, to me, Oprah is like unequivocally just an amazing talent. And for her to get fired just blows my mind. And also reminds me that we all face that adversity. And it is really, really for the best for us ultimately at the end of the day, even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment. Okay, a couple other examples. The book Carrie that was written by Stephen King, who is just an amazing writer. Carrie, which I remind you, turned into two very successful major motion pictures, one back in the 70s, the other one fairly recently, which probably wasn't as successful, but it was still made into a movie again. But anyway, Carrie was rejected by 30 publishers, which is crazy. J.K. Rowling, who, you know, we're a little critical about her right now because I have been reading all the stuff about how she's transphobic, but she sold so many copies of Harry Potter, also made into hugely successful movies, and she was rejected 12 times. And then when she finally got a book deal, it was for only 1,500 pounds, which is basically nothing. It's like literally the smallest book deal I've ever heard of in my entire life. Who else is there? Oh, Steven Spielberg. He was rejected by USC's film program, not just once, but twice just crazy. Dr. Seuss was rejected by 27 publishers. He went on to sell 60 million copies of his book. This is a quote that I love from Michael Jordan. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I missed. I failed over and over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. I love that. And I don't think anyone can say it better than that. Um, oh, and one more example that I really love is Airbnb. So you guys all know that place. I mean, why did I just say place? Everyone knows that company. And Airbnb had a really hard time. They were rejected constantly during their fundraising process because people said to them, that's creepy. Why would you want strangers staying in your house? That's weird. That feels like a giant liability. This seems really dangerous. And anyway, the founders kept going and they had no money and rent was due. And so they basically in order to keep their company going, even when they couldn't raise money, they took out a bunch of credit cards and then they maxed them all out. And they wound up being $20,000 in debt, which is a lot. And as you guys know, credit card interest rates are no joke. You know, oftentimes they're upwards of 25%, which is so crazy. And so what they decided to do was to do something kind of crazy that was adjacent to their business. Well, not even really adjacent, totally tangential to their business. So they're building Airbnb, but they said, oh, why don't we design and sell some cereal boxes that will be in the theme of the Obama-McCain election? And so they made one box called Obama O's and one box called Captain McCain's. They contacted a print shop to get them done as cheaply as possible. 
And then they bought a bunch of um, Cheerios, like generic Cheerios and generic Captain Crunch from, you know, Costco or Price Club. And then they were sitting there at their kitchen table with hot glue guns, hot gluing those boxes together. And at that moment, Airbnb founder Brian Chesky talks about that and is just thinking, man, I bet Mark Zuckerberg never had to hot glue anything together. Like that could feel like such a disappointment, right? Like such a failure where you set off to change the world of vacation rentals. You try to change the way people interact with the world around them. You want to build a successful business where people are staying at each other's homes and building community and learning about, you know, what it means to be a local. But instead, you're sitting at your kitchen table with these really kind of budget uh, cereal boxes that you've gotten printed out very cheaply. And you physically are hot gluing them together yourself so that you can sell them for $40 and hopefully pay back your credit card debt. And so instead of feeling like losers or failures, they just kept going and they somehow got featured on national TV. And in 24 hours, they sold 1,000 cereal boxes and made $30,000 in profit, which enabled them to actually pay back their credit card debt and keep going. And then later on, they got into this program called Y Combinator, which is a startup accelerator for you guys who don't know that. And Y Combinator really changed their lives and the trajectory of Airbnb. And one of the reasons why they got in is because they told the story about the cereal boxes and the people who were interviewing them recognized that as an example of how much resilience and how much grit and how much tenacity these guys had, that they wouldn't give up, right? Even when things were kind of just depressing and so far away from the original goal, they kept going, they kept going. So that's the second thing you should do is just remind yourself, reset your mindset and remind yourself that failure is an essential, essential, essential part of success. And they're just, the internet is just full of so many things that you can read about that. That's just a starting point. And then the third thing, the final thing is to remember that it is the journey and it is being present. And that the reason why you set off to do what you wanted to do was to enjoy yourself. And I think that my biggest mistake that I made in this past year of running Reset was that I didn't take enough time to appreciate how amazing what I was doing was while I was doing it. That's a really jumbled sentence. So let me start over again. I started Reset because it was my dream to help people who I really, really believed in to become the best versions of themselves and to build a successful coaching practice, to incorporate all the disparate parts of personal growth work that I've done and bring them into one place together and to change the world of what it looks like to do personal growth work, right? To make it mainstream so that it's not cheesy, right? That the goal was to enable everyone from CEOs of tech companies to college students to be able to access the incredible body of work that makes up self-help and personal development and spiritual journeys. Anyway, over the past year, I really lost sight of that and I was completely goal-focused. All I cared about was hitting certain revenue numbers. All I cared about was getting specific press in different magazines. And so while I was toiling and toiling away, obsessed with those goals, I completely neglected to stop and enjoy myself to have fun, which is why I started this damn thing in the first place. And this weekend, I was watching this amazing show on 
the History Channel, which is also right now on Netflix, I think. You can watch on Netflix. It's called Alone. And watching Alone really made me realize just how much of my own life I've missed out on over the past year because I've been obsessed with hitting my goals and really letting that negativity of disappointment totally infiltrate my whole way of being. So anyway, on the show, this is an amazing show that drops 10 people into the literal Arctic, like the wilderness of the Canadian Arctic, and it's freezing cold and they only have themselves. They're completely alone. They have 10 items that they can select from a larger list of items like a pocket knife, a saw, a tarp, a tent, things like that. Uh, Not a tent, but a tarp. And they have to survive in freezing, freezing temperature with nothing, right? They have to build their own shelter. They have to hunt animals. They have to eat berries in the forest. So the person who basically stays the longest, the winner, wins $500,000. So I was watching season six. I was totally obsessed with the show. I think it's amazing. And there was one guy on the show who probably has read like every self-help book on manifestation out there. And he was like visualizing what it would mean to win. He was obsessed with winning. He like made a sign for his camp called Camp Swift Victory. He was imagining what it, what he would do with all the money if he won. And he was picturing that his wife would come and tell him that he won on day 40. He was obsessed, right? He was doing that competition in order to win. And of course, you know, everyone who's there is doing it to win more or less. But you could tell that this person was just so obsessed with how his life would change if he won this money. And guess what? He didn't wind up winning. He came in fourth place. And Honestly, I think he probably could have done it just based on a skill set perspective, just from, you know, his ability to fish and hunt and things like that. But his head wasn't in it because he was so obsessed with the finish line. And the person who did win, he was highly, highly skilled. But one thing I loved about him was that he was so present. He didn't think too much about whether or not, you know, the day was coming, if tomorrow was the day that the contest would end and he would win, he, you know, sometimes speculated, oh yeah, this money would really like, would just help my family so much. But ultimately he was trying to really enjoy being there. He did all sorts of fun things to entertain himself. You tell he really loved being out in nature. He loved figuring out creative problem solving to what he was experiencing. And of course he was really frustrated, but he was so there, he was so there in the moment. And that person who was just purely obsessed with winning, it wound up being a negative detractor to his ability to perform. And I found a quote that is from Mark Nepo, who's an author that I really love. And I think it sums this all up so nicely. We think that accomplishing things will complete us when it is experiencing life that will. Beautiful. Anyway, that's all I've got for you guys today. Um, Remember, if you are experiencing disappointment, good job. You're pushing yourself. You're out there. You're making it happen. I'm really proud of you. Thank you for tuning in today. And go watch that amazing commencement speech from the queen, Miss Oprah Winfrey. And I will see you guys next week. 